So yeah. it, it turned out we were we were both in the moment where other people were trying were kind of offering to join, and both of us were were thinking, you know, we haven't really talked about that, and we don't think the other person will like that, so we're going to yeah. turn them down. And then we were in later. Then we learned later that actually both of us would probably have been okay with it. Welcome to Normalizing Non-Monogamy, the podcast where we interview incredible people from across the entire spectrum of non-monogamy to hear their fascinating stories. We strive to bring guests on the show who have a healthy approach to non-monogamy. However, it's important to remember that everyone does it a little bit differently, and the views and opinions expressed by our guests do not necessarily reflect our own. Additionally, we produce this show for entertainment purposes only. Please be aware that we aren't doctors or therapists. Consult a medical professional for anything regarding your health that you might learn about on the show. Enjoy! Welcome to episode 164. We're Finn and Emma, and today we have an interview with Mark and Leah. We're super excited to get this interview out here. They've been together about 20 years, and they actually met at a nudist camp. Yeah, during a bird watching tour. Yeah, right. <laughs> Mark Mark's a birder. Uh-huh. So yeah, it's fantastic discussion. It's it's kind of a uh toned down, really like I guess just a calm entrance into non-monogamy. And yeah. it's I think it's a really great one for people who are maybe anxious about this, who think it has to be this crazy wild ride. And and for them it's just been kind of very mellow and mm-hmm. so it's a it's a really fun conversation and we we hope you enjoy it yes before we jump into the show we do have a couple of quick announcements oh sorry one thing i did want to make a quick note about the audio on this one. Oh yeah there are uh they were basically fostering like nine dogs yes a lot of puppies so there is a little bit of dog noise um it gets better about halfway through when they feed the dogs <laughs> so yeah just just be aware there is some dog noise we understand but there was nothing we could do um and they were cute dogs so it's fine yeah they're puppies you can't get mad at puppies but you can get mad at them but there's no <laughs> point <laughs> okay announcements first up um we have Last week, our episode was with Jeff, and he is the director of the new upcoming, new upcoming, redundant, upcoming documentary, Romantic Chorus, and that's coming out next weekend. That's the 28th, no, the 29th, 30th, and 31st of January. And on that 31st, the Sunday night at 6 p.m., we're hosting a live Q&A with the team of Romantic Chorus, and you can join for free and come chat with all of us. Yeah, there are links in the show notes on our website, normalizingnonmonogamy.com. Uh, you can get to those by clicking the link in your podcast player as well. Mm-hmm. So we're excited about that. And yeah, definitely go check out that interview from last week. It's a great conversation with Jeff. Um, and we're excited about the the film as well. Yes. We also wanted to mention a project that we launched last Friday. So if you want to go check out, uh, it's called Power of Witness. It's a group coaching with Catherine uh, from Expansive Connection. She's been on the show numerous times. She's a a licensed counselor. And uh, this is like a six-part series. And the first two came out last Friday. And the next one will be out uh, this coming Friday. So definitely check those out. And uh, if you want to be a part of the group coaching, the the actual Power of Witness cohorts that she's running. Uh, there are links in the show notes as well of how you can sign up to take part in that. Yeah, she has upcoming courses coming up in February. So go and check those out now. Uh, this whole thing was experience was super powerful for us, and we hope it is for you as well. 
Also, if you want to listen to all of the Power of Witness episodes right now, you can go join our Patreon and you can listen to them, download them today. They're available. Yeah. If you're not sure what Patreon is, we're going to talk a little bit more about it in the outro. Uh, But what Emma said is super important that you can listen to all of them without waiting uh, the next five weeks. And uh, a quick shout out to our current Patreon members. First of all, thank you so much for your support of the show. Uh, We love all of you Mm -hmm. and we're excited to have you in the community. The Q&A, the monthly Q&A that we do, the discussion that we do is tonight, uh, January 20th. There are two of them, one at 6 p.m. Eastern and one again at 6 p.m. Pacific. You can join either or both or neither, I guess, if you don't want to. (laughs) I don't know why. Why wouldn't you want to? So anyway, that's coming up tonight, and we also have... Also, you said the time's wrong. It's 9 p.m. Eastern and 9 p.m. Pacific. Yeah, that's what I meant. 9 (laughs) 9 p.m. Eastern and 9 p.m. Pacific. Listen to me now, not listen to me (laughs) 30 seconds ago. Um, And last but not least, we did have our monthly virtual meet and greet last Saturday. It was awesome. We did a middle of the day event and we actually had a lot more people than we thought that were going to sign up. So um, we had around 40 people and it was fantastic. Our next virtual meet and greet is going to be on February 20th. You can find out more about that by going to our website, normalizingnonmonogamy.com and clicking on the meet and greet tab. And we will talk more about that all in future episodes. Yeah, those are um, $10 to join and they're open to anybody that is totally separate from patreon so just wanted to make that clear yep and i think with that we'll jump into the interview with mark and leah and we will see you all on the other side welcome leah and mark to the show we're super excited to have you here and your 10 dogs are in the room so we (laughs) might we might have a guest appearance from one of them uh they're fostering some puppies fostering some puppies so you might hear puppies in the background but it'll be adorable and that's totally fine with us so i well do you mind introducing yourselves for us and for the listeners so we can learn a little bit about who lee and mark are and then we'll dive into your story okay well i'm lee um we're we live in the midwest i'm i'm a therapist Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, I'm, I'm Mark, and yeah, we, we live in the Midwest. We're in our upper 40s. One of us is almost not going to be in our upper 40s soon, but uh, that's a secret. It, aging backward into your mid-40s? Right. Exactly. <laughs> I'm the same way with my 30s. I'm still in my late 20s, actually. <laughs> no. <laughs> Solidly out of that. 29 and 48 months. How long have the two of you been together? Uh, about 20 years. Wow. Yeah, well, congratulations. Since, 19, since 1998. Wow. Wow. Awesome. And in terms of your non-monogamy journey, when sort of when did that start or how did that start? So that's so there are kind of several several stages that were spread widely apart. So the, the first stage kind of comes down to um, where we met. Mm-hmm. And and so we actually first met at a nudist camp. Um, as, and and I, I don't know if you've, you've ever been to this kind of place, um, but there are nudist camps that are like family nudist camps. Yep. Um, so a really, in, in this case, there's a kind of reservoir outside of town, like a small reservoir on private land outside of town. People would bring their tents and really just mellow people hanging out. Um, going swimming in the lake and hanging out on the on the beach, and there are kids running around, and it's 
Um, it's just the same as, as pretty much any other beach except for just no swimsuits. Anyway, right. so, so we both met there, actually. We got... Uh, we both started going there uh, there independently, and I can say, and probably not many people will say this, is that the first time I saw her, she was taking her clothes off <laughs> <laughs> uh, because she had walked. She had just walked in and, and was getting ready to sit down at the beach. Yeah, and 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 typically with these environments, right, with where there's families and kids, these aren't like sexual environments, right? These are just, we're, we're here. We're all just here to whatever, play volleyball, swim in the lake and yep. relax. Yeah. And we just do that without clothes on. So there's not typically yeah. an air of sexual tension, you know, in the, in the environment. No, there, there's really not. In fact, it's kind of based on, on the German, what is it called? It's now I I don't have a good German accent because I don't speak German, but it's FKK, which is for Fry Corporate Culture. Okay, and it's a that's the German name for the philosophy that that basically says um, basically it's healthy to be nude in nature. Okay, it, very it's cool. Good, it's good for your health. Get some fresh air. Get mm-hmm. some get some sun on you. Um, get some exercise, right? It's it's basically a sort of, um, yeah, it's it's like a personal health philosophy. Yeah. Okay. And so you met there. Yeah. Was this your first time going to one of those places or had you both been going there regularly? Well, Mark had been going there for a while uh, when he was doing his grad work and he would, he would stop there on his way, on his way back from the, uh, on his way back from doing his, uh, whatever field work it was. And, uh, I, I live not too f- far away from there, or I grew up not too far away from there. So I would visit every, you know, just about every weekend. And I kept, so from my stand standpoint, I kept, I was the one that would like stay up late and with, you know, with everybody that was drinking and going around. And I kept hearing the, hearing these people talk about this, you know, this guy. And I hadn't never, I'd never met him, but in, in my mind, I was picturing this, you know, middle-aged guy who, you know, was very, you know, who's very knowledgeable and worldly and everything. And keep, everybody kept saying, oh, you got to go on, you got to go on these bird walks with him. With him. Because I would wake up early and like lead people. I bring my binoculars, you know, you got to go bird watching with binoculars. And I yep. just lead people around the lake on a, on a tour. And so we do, you know, just do, do um, nature observations, and mm-hmm. look for birds and things like that. And we'd wake up early and then she would sleep in. Yeah, I, I would sleep <laughs> in. But, I did, you know, so I had pictured this middle-aged, this middle-aged man. And when I finally met him, here was this, you know, 25-year-old grad student. Thought, hmm, okay. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't what you were expecting. No, not at all. <laughs> and and there was basically time time went on, and there was a we had a mutual friend, and we were talking about you know dating and whatever. And he this friend turns to me and says, "Well, hey, how about how about him?" <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> so we, we had actually been friends for a while before that happened. Yeah. And you started it. Yeah. I think. Yeah. <laughs> praying so, on the, praying on the young bird watcher. 
<laughs> so, so we were, so, uh, so that was in a different state than we live now. And we, we kept going there for, for several years while we lived there. But again, uh, that, that was not a sexually charged environment. And we were totally monogamous. Um, although there were rumors of things happening inside tents, um, but it was all pretty, pretty under wraps. Anyway, so, so we, I kind of say going to a nude beach in a certain way is like a gateway drug, um, but in other ways, not really. So the, the way that it is kind of like a gateway drug is it at least gets you used to the idea of being around other people with your clothes off, right? Um, but it's not exactly the same thing, right? If it's not a sexually charged environment. So, uh, so while it actually took us a number of years to kind of transition to doing other things, uh, then I still kind of think about that as a first step in a way, like along a long journey. Right. Well, it, it opened, it let you both know that the other person was at least open to being in an environment where people weren't wearing clothes. Right. And I think mm -hmm. for a lot of people that have never done anything like this, even that is a huge, like, no way would I ever go somewhere where I would get naked in front of somebody. So that is, I think that is valid that it, that that's sort of a first step. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we've come across people who, you know, in, in the lifestyle that have said, that have even said, yeah, oh, oh, I couldn't do, I couldn't do that. Well, <laughs> yeah. why not? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, for sure. It's interesting. Yeah, they're they're okay, maybe being in a a group sex situation with a whole bunch of other people, but to just walk around a beach naked is like no way, not me. So. Exactly. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, you might be looking at one of those people right now. So. <laughs> um, so, so how did the, uh, what was the transition like, or the sort of the introduction to that side of it? Yeah. Well, you go ahead. Uh, fast, for fast forward a few years. Um, so by this time he had, you know, he was out of grad school, you know, we were both out of grad school and, and we were, uh, sitting there in the, in the parking lot of Home Depot and he turns, you know, he turns to me and says, Hey, well, what do you, what do you think? What do you think about, what do you think about swinging? And I looked at him like, huh, what? <laughs> <laughs> Just out of the blue? Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I need to I need to tell you kind of where this came from. And and it so my the way I, I like to introduce this is um, our the kind of the way we got started in in in, in non-monogamy or swinging, it actually has to do with Star Trek and the former president of the United States. <laughs> Okay, we got to hear this story now. <laughs> we got to hear this. Well, okay. So I originally, so we're going, we're going back a number of years. Um, but uh, so I was, I was watching, I was listening, paying attention to the news, and there was a Senate race going on in Illinois, um, and and the leading candidate for the Senate race. Ended up dropping out of the, dropping out of that race because it turned out that uh, this guy's um, this guy's name was Ryan, and his wife's name was Jerry Ryan, who's an actress who was on Star Trek some some years back, and he ended up dropping out of the Senate race um, be, 
because they were getting divorced and it became public that he had gotten her to go to a sex club in Europe. And apparently she didn't really want to. And he kind of dragged her along anyways. And, and I don't think they actually did much of anything when they were there, but she was still resentful of being dragged along to this. Um, anyways, so, so, oh, and here's the, here's the president of the United States part. Um, after this candidate dropped out of the race, um, the guy who won was named Barack Obama and later became the, the president, kind of a, a, a number of years later. But in any case, so that kind of gave me the idea that, hey, there are such places, right? There is such a place as a sex club. And then I thought, hey, that sounds interesting. Um, I'd had kind of voyeurism fantasies. I'd had voyeurism fantasies for a really long time. And I thought, okay, well, voyeurism, okay, we've been going to nude beaches for a long time. Would she be up for uh, up for checking one out? And we wouldn't necessarily have to do anything with anybody, but but just from like a voyeurism standpoint, what if we checking would, out a, checking out a sex club versus a nude mm-hmm. beach? Yeah, yeah, yep. Yeah. And so she was, and and I kind of thought she might go for it because you're kind of adventurous. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was surprised, but she said okay. Mm-hmm. And within the next week or two, we went to the club that was on the other side of town. Yeah, so we went to the the club and just kind of looked around, and we were both kind of scared, like, uh, okay, what is this? Uh, So, and we just, and we didn't end up playing with anybody there that night. We just, uh, with each other, and thought, okay. Yeah, that was kind of fun. Yeah, I just want to remind people, like, about how long into your relationship was this? This was about five years later. Okay. Okay. And when you, when that first night you decided to go, like you, that was a pretty fast, like from Home Depot to sex club, like a week is, that's a pretty fast uh, ramp up. Were you like, were either of you scared or nervous that like Mm -hmm. first night? Oh yeah, I was. So what was that like? What was that like? Take us through maybe that first night going, going there. Uh, It was like going, you know, it was more anxiety producing than just than going to a party where you don't know anybody. Uh, you know, it's like, okay, what am I going to, what am I going to see here? Uh, are there going to, you know, are going to there, are there going to be creeps? Are there going to be perverts? You know? And we're not really club people in, in general anyways. Remember the waking up early and going bird watching part. Right. Anyway, so we're not really club people to start off with. So it's kind of not our natural environment. Definitely not to meet people. So, yeah, and and obviously we weren't going to know anybody. It was going to be dark. Um, we obviously figured it would be some kind of a sexually charged environment. But, yeah, we just didn't know exactly what it would be like. Mm-hmm. It wasn't Did, much like the nude beach. No. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Did you end up talking to anybody even? We talked to a few people. Not very many, though. Yeah, not very. <laughs> not very many. We mostly kept to ourselves and just kind of watched. Yeah. But it, it obviously didn't turn you off. It was it was just more like intriguing that night. Yeah, and so we went to another club a couple of weeks later, and then by that time we uh, ended up having having our son, and so that kind of got put on the back burner for oh what five years. Yeah, well, so just just so you know, we we ended up adopting a baby a few weeks after the after that, 
And um, so that's a, a lot of big life changes, right? All at so the same it was, time. It was Home Depot, Sex Club, Sex Club, Adopt a Baby. <laughs> and okay, we would have we would have gone, and we've been we've been trying to arrange the adoption mm. for several years at this point, and uh, it just happened that that's when it happened, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and so then at that point we had a newborn baby and the, all the, those kind of adventures just went completely out the window. And then about a year later, then we moved away from there because I got a new job um, and we, we moved halfway across the country to here where we are now. And uh, I, because we had had fun at those couple of parties uh, when we got here, I I got on the site and looked to see if there are any clubs like that, and there aren't actually. Our, it turns out I learned later that that our state uh, that our state laws effectively prohibit there being any permanent clubs. Okay. So there are there are the hotel type parties that are for you know like a night that people rent out a part of a hotel. There are things like that. But there aren't any of the kind of permanent clubs like the ones we had been to before. And so because, remember, we, we, uh, when we went to those parties, it wasn't our plan to try to meet anybody, right? Right. We were, we were just checking it out. And we learned that there, I learned that there weren't any, par- any clubs like that. And I just forgot about the idea then uh, because there just didn't seem to be the thing that we were interested in. Right. So we we forgot about the idea for like seven years. Okay. So not by now. Like so, that first experience of going to the, that club that those two nights mm-hmm. that there was a gap of like twelve years then before no, anything about else. Six, about six or seven years. Yeah, there was a gap. Oh, of okay. Years. So yeah. there's so from like the from when we met to then oh. it was like five years, and okay. then. From then until we did anything else, it was another six or seven years. Okay. 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 And so then how did it come back up at that point? Well, we would, so we'd go on vacation every summer and it would, it turned out that um, we had a babysitter in his, in his parents. So we could uh, go for a week. So we'd go off for a weekend and he, you know, and Mark looked for places to go when, you know, where we were going on vacation. And so we went to, you know, a couple more clubs and started going to house parties and stuff and started getting a little bit more adventurous each time. And yeah, so we, we would, uh, yeah, so we, we had the opportunity uh, to, to do something fun. Again, I think we, it, uh, we literally went something like six or seven years before we had a chance to be over away overnight from our son. Right. And so, and until he was about seven, really, and and yeah, so as as she said, we when we were on vacation, we had family babysitters because our family members don't live here where we live now. Um, then yeah, we the idea came back from like, hey, seven years ago, that was kind of fun. Why don't we try doing that again? Mm-hmm. And it was in another part of the country, but we looked up the we looked up a similar kind of place, and we went it. It was fun. And then, like half a year later, we had another chance like that, and we we went again, and it was fun. And that time, we said to ourselves, you know, maybe this time we'll try talking to people. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, what was the what was the sort of catalyst for 
we've been going and we're just kind of doing the voyeur or exhibition piece of it. And now it's time to maybe talk to some people or maybe we're interested in, uh, you know, playing or interacting with other people. How did that transition come along? Well, the, so the about the third or fourth time we had gone to a club like this while we were on vacation, we had said as we had we had kind of told each other ahead of time, you know, we'd had fun these other times. We have the whiny dog here. <laughs> so we had had fun those other times. However, one of the reasons why we th- thought we could have had more fun is we actually hadn't talked to people enough. We thought it we thought it would be more fun if we were more interactive rather than just kind of hanging out by yourself. So we told each other this time that you know what would be would be really cool if we met some people and just hung out and talked with them and kind of got to know them and then like ended up on a bed next to them later. So we weren't really planning on doing anything more than that, but just the the experience of kind of having the people on the bed next to you were kind of people we knew already. That, Mm -hmm. That sounded like it would make the experience more fun for us. And in that in that experience, we had some other people wanted to join in, and I was being kind of hes- hesitant because I wasn't sure how how he was going to react. So I didn't. So I kind of said no to the other person that wanted to join in. But later, he he said, you know, we we were talking about it, and he said, oh well, I wouldn't have minded. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah. So, so it, turned, it kind of starts those conversations. Right. So yeah. it, it turned out we were we were both in the moment where other people were try, were kind of offering to join, and both of us were were thinking, you know, we haven't really talked about that, and we don't think the other person will like that, so we're going to yeah. turn them down. And then we were in later. Then we learned later that actually both of us would probably have been okay with it. Um, <laughs> so, so that was your first. That was your first communication mishap. And it was yeah. a pretty minor one, though, so I think it's uh, okay. It wasn't a it wasn't a bad one, no. Yeah. And so, in any case, we had so after that experience, we were like, both this was really fun, and we had just learned that we would have each have been willing to do a little bit more. So we thought, okay, well, we'd really like to have that ex- experience like that again, but we didn't want to wait another eight months until we went on vacation again. So we're like, okay, if we want to do something like this where we live, there aren't any clubs like this. I guess we have to get on a site and make a profile. Mm -hmm. So that's really the way the thought process went, is if we wanted to have an experience like that, then, well, we got to try meeting somebody Mm -hmm. um, outside of a party. So you decided to create a dating site. So you're on dating sites now. So Mm -hmm. when you do this, I guess, how does that progress? And what what does that look like? Was the plan still just like, let's find people that we can – get together with and maybe sit on the same or sit or lay on the same bed and, and have some fun next to each other? Or had you decided like, maybe we want to go further than that? Well, we kind of started off with a whole long set of rules that, okay, yeah, we're, we're not going to do this. We're not going to, we're not going to do that. So the, the answer was when we set up the profile, we decided, you know, we're going to go a little further, Yeah, but we're not going to go all the way. So we, we decided we're going to look for people and have a kind of soft swap situation. And 
so that's what we posted on our profile. We we took pictures of each other. That was kind of fun. Mm-hmm. And uh, we posted the profile. We we then, like she said, we of course, like lots of people, we had we had lots of lots of rules and things that we were going to do, and then. A lot of those didn't last very long. No. Like the first, the first rule that went away was we we're going to look at profiles together, and then that lasted about thirty seconds in, until we realized that having one of us watch the other person surf the internet was going to cause us to kill each other. And so we, <laughs> so we We've been there. Yeah. So we yep. almost immediately gave up on on looking at profiles together. Uh, the pattern emerged after after not very long is that I actually liked looking at the profiles more than she did. Mm-hmm. And and you really, really like meeting people in person. Yeah. Uh, but you're less excited about the process of of kind of trying to meet people, trying to meet people who are strangers to start off with through the profiles. Yeah, the, the vetting process is not as fun as the let's just go get a dang drink and meet these people and see what they're like. Exactly. Right. So, and then remember at this point, we had a seven or eight year old kid and, and it was difficult for us to get out. We had to hire babysitters and do planning. So as a result, and I think this was actually good for us, it forced us to be good at evaluating the profiles yeah, so so we avoided, in retrospect, we avoided um, a number of common mistakes because meeting people on short notice was completely out of the question. Right. right. So you had to talk a little bit and get to know them a little bit right. and make plans. We, we, we had to talk to them, um, make plans, and because we had to talk to them for a while, we couldn't just jump out and meet them immediately. That... That meant that we had to actually get to know them at least a little bit before we set up the meeting. And that gave us a much higher chance of, of liking them when we actually met. And it also turned out that at least I was much better at communicating by like text messages mm-hmm. and, inter- and IMs than I thought I would. So like, uh, years ago, I would have told you that that was something that I was terrible at. And it turned out, actually, I'm pretty good at meeting people that way. And then I come across online, um, and I'm, I'm just pretty good at writing. And so that kind of comes through if you're chatting with me or, or texting with me. Um, I, I actually think a number of times since then that uh, based on our ages, if text messaging had existed when I was a teenager, my social life as a teenager might possibly have been more interesting. <laughs> <laughs> but Fair anyway, enough. But yeah, so we, so again, we we had to really kind of sort through people um, on the profiles, and we did meet anybody right away. We had to kind of talk to them for a while, and that mostly worked out pretty well. So we. We had some, we we had some nice experiences. Um, about we we met one couple, and then we liked them, and then we had a second date with them, which was a play date. Um, and then another month after that, we met another couple, and 
The second couple, they were total newbies and we had had one date. So we felt like we were really, really experienced at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, really quick, backing up. So you you went on your first, you had your first experience uh-huh. with another couple. Now, yeah. how was that? Like, what was that like going into that night in terms of like emotions and anticipation and everything? Well, I can't speak for for Mark, but I think I was I was nervous, but I was also excited. You know, say so yeah, this could this could be fun. Yeah, and we did. I had a I had a good time. I, I was ex- I was excited too. I had to really wrap my mind around the idea that we were talking about casual sex, basically, and is that we had, you know, we uh, we had had exchanged G-rated photos with these folks, and and I can remember at one point before we met them, looking at the picture of the other couple, and you know, looking at at the the woman in the couple and thinking, oh, she's interested in meeting me. And that felt kind of different and interesting, right? But then I said, hey, wait a minute, but she doesn't know me at all. And I had to kind of wrap my mind around that, yes, we were, we were going to have dinner with these folks. We were going to get to know each other. Um, but we weren't going to get to know each other for years and years. And it was kind of fundamentally a casual thing. Mm-hmm. Well, right. And on the flip side, like you were interested in meeting her and you didn't know her either. Right. So you could you kind of had to like flip that on yourself and say, well, the same thing she wants is the same thing that that we want, which mm-hmm. is just a, it's an interesting mm-hmm. sort of thing to deal with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they were they were an experienced couple, which was which was really good. Actually, it was really nice that they were an experienced couple, because in retrospect, there was an aspect of it that could have gone terribly. So we first met them for dinner, and then a couple of weeks later, uh, we were going to have a second date. It was going to be a play date. And remember, we uh, we had a small kid at the time, and so we had hired a teenage babysitter. And the we went out for kind of a late dinner and came back to our place, and then you had to you had to drive the babysitter home. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> We were this at this point. It was like eleven o'clock at night, and we were really, really counting on our kid to be asleep. And then he wasn't asleep, and so one of us. So she had to drive the babysitter home, and then I had to try to get the kid to go to bed. And the poor couple was sitting on our living room by themselves, um, <laughs> waiting for us to get that stuff taken care of. And they were really cool and patient about it. Mm-hmm. That was super awkward. And then, then we, then she came back, and and our son was asleep, and we were then still nervous and didn't know what to do. So we then sat around the dining room table for a really long time, chit chatting, and we didn't know like, okay, well, at some point we're going to go upstairs, but we don't know how to make that happen. Yeah. And then eventually we did. And as soon as we got upstairs, then everything was great. Yeah. Uh, it's that transition sometimes. Yeah. And, and we, of course, never done that transition. So that was, that was weird and awkward. But again, then when we got upstairs, everything was cool. Yeah. So, so maybe take us to like, what, <laughs> what, does, what does your dynamic look like today, you know, years later? And then maybe like, piece it together piece a like bit. how yeah how did we get here because i think it's it's super fascinating to hear like the early 
like, you know, your first time going and then your first time having like this couple over and like the fact that your kid wasn't asleep, like those are things that I think other people listening are like, oh my God, I didn't even think of that if they've never done this before. But yeah, but it's also relatable because yeah. that's, we're all human and those things happen. And, and that so, yes, literally happened to us on one of our very first experiences, except did. we were the couple waiting, waiting and rather than uh, the wife taking the babysitter home and the husband putting the kid to bed, it was wife tries to put the kid to bed and husband drinks a 12 pack of beer and then blacks <laughs> out. So it's a slightly different story <laughs> with a slightly different ending. Uh, but nevertheless, we've, we can say that that is a relatable story. It is. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. So where is it today? We'd, we'd love to hear that part. Well, so, to, so today we're, uh, we're still pretty, we're still pretty active in the, in the lifestyle and we have, we have hall passes and, so he has, you know, he has his friends that he plays with and I have my friends that I play with and, you know, we'll, we'll set it up. Oh, you know, Hey, so-and-so wants to get together. Oh, okay. And it gives us a chance to kind of do things on our own. And, you know, while one of us still kind of stays at home and keeps things going, going at home. So we've kind of, so I always like to think of, of, there being a spectrum of non-monogamy, right? There's a spectrum from kind of pure swinger, totally anonymous things at a club. You never even meet their name or see them again. The the other end of the spectrum is kind of ex- extreme polyamory where you all move in together and <coughs> like share a house, right? Well, so we we started out on the swinger end, but we've kind of expanded over time. So we kind of occupy, depending on what week or month it is, we occupy different parts of that spectrum. So, so yeah, she says we have we have hall passes. The way that manifests is we we we've definitely found that it works best for us if we have a mixture of meeting people together and also mm-hmm. meeting people separately. Like there's a balance there that is kind of important for us. Um, remember back when we started meeting people, we had a small child. He was pretty, he was pretty much of a handful and we couldn't get out together very much. And so one of the ideas of trying this out was it was an excuse for us to go out together and do something fun. Mm -hmm. And it actually ended up making us a lot happier. Like the fact that yeah. We, we had things, we had fun adventures that we could look forward to having together versus just kind of staying home and, and, and one of us always had to stay home because of our son. It's like, hey, well, this is fun enough. We're going to splurge and hire babysitters and go out and do stuff. Uh, anyway, so we started out doing everything basically together. But a couple of years later, we met more people who, um, who had similar constraints and um, and yeah, we met, we met more people who had similar constraints, and we ended up doing things both together and separately. Mm-hmm. But the things we did separately were mostly with people that we met together. Yeah, and that tends to then that pretty much has continued today. Well, and the thing that we found uh, too is that one of us may be more attracted to to the other one of the other couple than the other. So. Yeah, there's an there's not always a perfect four-way, four-way you know, synergy as as they they say, right? Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's really amazing that you 
like your trajectory has gone from nude beaches, going to sex clubs, having some like voyeuristic experiences, partnered stuff, partnered, and then sort of just opening up yourselves to all of the opportunities and, and what those sort of may bring for you. Mm -hmm. And it seems like we've, we, we both like a lot of the same things, but we also get some different things out of it each, I think. Well, so in, in, in my case, and again, this is something that I would not have guessed when I was younger or even kind of when we started all of this. Uh, but I really enjoy, I really enjoy the kind of texting and, and chatting part of keeping up with people over time. And I enjoy having people that I talk to on a, you know, daily or every few days basis and keep up with my life. And, mm-hmm. and sometimes we're having life issues and, you know, sometimes you guys have undoubtedly had, had an experience kind of like this. If you guys are having some problem in your life, you're working it out with each other, but there's a point where you're like, I keep talking about the same thing with the same person. <laughs> Um, and I really want to try talking about this with somebody else. Uh, and and I and I learned and looking back at my life, uh, I was always much more comfortable talking with women about things like that rather than guys. So mm-hmm. girls and girls and women. Back to when I was a teenager, and you know my best friends were girls when I was a kid. And. So when you're monogamous and you're an adult married guy, you're kind of not allowed to have women that you share stuff like that with. Um, so, so a kind of emotional support became really a kind of key thing for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, how about on your side, Leah? Well, it, it's kind of the same thing. I, you know, it's nice to get a fresh perspective from a male's point of view from time to time, and. And yeah, and it's, I like the variety. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's cool. fun. Yeah. 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 Huh. It's fun flirting and things like that too. Kind of building on that a little bit. How have you seen the other person grow throughout this experience? Well, I, I think Mark has definitely gotten a lot more uh, outgoing than, than what he was previously. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say that's true. My, my teenage or 20-year-old self would be absolutely shocked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> how, about, how about you, Mark? What have you seen in, in Leah that's sort of grown over the years? It's really, it's, it's really her attitude towards her own body, I say, and, and, and her kind of ability to accept pleasure physically. So you... This might sound funny since we've met at the nude beach. And you might think, okay, well, you're kind of all the way there to being accepting and like really feeling open about your body if you go to a nude beach. And there's an extent to which that's true. Mm-hmm. Um, but it actually really, really gave you a lot of confidence to find out that, hey, there are other people that are interested in her mm-hmm. and found her attractive and are pursuing her to different degrees. And that just gives her a huge amount of confidence, Mm -hmm. um, which is really cool to see. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, I can. That's amazing. I totally hear what you're saying. That's 
Yeah, it's really great. There's a part to which you're married to somebody and there's a corner of your brain that says they kind of have to say this, these things to you. Right. They kind of have to compliment right. you. But, uh, but if other people do that, then it's kind of an extra bonus. That's why every once in a while when Emma asks me if she looks fat in those jeans, I say yes, just oh, to keep her on her toes. <laughs> You're going to get some hate mail. I that. know. I don't really do that. It was a, <laughs> it was a joke. But nevertheless, <laughs> have you, have either of you had any struggles that you've had to sort of work through over the last few years um, exploring this together? I would say one of the things that I've struggled with has been the kind of uh, rejection piece that when I I feel something towards somebody else and they don't necessarily feel that feel that back that's still kind of the same feeling as when you're being you know get rejected by a by a by a boyfriend or girlfriend or or whatever yeah and it's and it's weird too right because you're like well why do I care I'm I'm married to somebody I don't but at the but you're like it's still like it doesn't matter that rejection is rejection mm-hmm. yeah exactly I mean I you know, we've been we've been together for twenty plus years, and I still wouldn't think of anybody other than this guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. How how did you how have you maybe learned or worked through some of that? Because I think that's something that we all have have dealt with, either as a couple or individuals. Well, that's definitely one of the things that I talked to Mark about, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, and talk it through with him, and and I have some other girlfriends that are in the lifestyle that I'll that I'll also talk it through with too. Yeah. Uh, you know, Hey, I'm, I'm kind of bummed about this. Yeah. It helps to put it out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and it's nice too, to hear somebody else say like, Hey, you know what? It's not you. They're totally crazy. You're, you're amazing. Like it's, it's good then to get that sort of affirmation back of like, Oh yeah. Don't, don't let it get you down. That's just one, one person. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Well, I think, so I guess I've learned over time that I'm just not a jealous person at all. So that's not really something I feel I can can take credit for. I mean, we're sitting down here and you can't see me, but I'm a tall guy and I can't take credit for being a tall guy. It's just kind of how I got, it's just kind of how I came, right? And and it's the same thing for just not feeling jealous is that I just don't feel jealous very much at all. I'm, I'm happy when she gets to have fun. And if, if she's meeting somebody who's new and is excited and talking with them, I think that's really cool and it's fun and she's happy and, um, and excited. Mm-hmm. And so I, yeah, again, I don't seem to have a lot of personal experiences with, with jealousy, envy occasionally, right? Envy is, envy is where, uh, it's, it's not a case of, I don't want you to be doing that, but it's, I want to be doing that too. Uh, I, yeah. I have that once in a while, but that's not usually a problem because when I say I want to do that too, then she always says yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, get in here then. Yeah, <laughs> so you just got to speak up. <laughs> right. But I guess, so actually the, the thing that I have a little bit of problem with is when you feel like you're not getting enough attention. And you feel like you're struggling a little bit. So I said earlier, I'm pretty good at meeting people by messages and texts and things like that. And you have a little bit of a harder time putting yourself out there like that. Yeah. And so because I end up just 
by her choice mostly, end up doing most of the trying to meet people, uh, trying to meet people on sites. Well, naturally, if if I'm doing that, I'm going to be targeting people that I'm interested in. I'm definitely looking for people that she's interested in too. But there's more likely to be scenarios where I'm interested in, and maybe I'm not sure if she'd be interested, but we find out later that she's not. Yeah. And so I just try to encourage you to be more active that way. More more recently, when we've done more of the hall pass kind of thing, um, we're on some Facebook groups uh, where people meet each other as individuals more than as pairs. And so I'm kind of trying to encourage you to meet more people that mm-hmm. way, mm-hmm. where where she's meeting somebody as her, not as somebody who's her and me. And I and I try to say in times like that, if if she meets somebody that way and and is interested and say wants to meet in person and wants me to come along, that's cool, and I'll totally come along. Uh, but if you don't want to, then mm-hmm. that doesn't have to happen either. Yeah, no, it's interesting, and I th- and thank you for bringing that up because I think it was something I kind of forgot about was your your the disparity between the two of you and your interest in doing the the hunt. Right, right, right yeah. And if you're going to pursue this individually, it's tough. You know, ha- having done something similar, right? Or even when we look for people as couples, I'm like looking at people and I'm like, well, he's a good looking guy. And then I show her and she's like, no. And I'm like, okay, well, I don't know what you like then. So you need to get in here and do some work yourself because I have no idea what the hell I'm looking for. So I think for, for me, it helps so much to meet the person too. It's, it's mm-hmm. hard. It's hard for me to tell just like from a profile. I mean, I can make a guess. Sure. But like, it's, it's much easier for me to connect with someone just like yeah. in person rather than just trying to pick well, a profile. And that that's where the the messaging comes comes in handy because uh, both of us have gotten uh, have developed a pretty good feel for if we're going to mesh with with somebody you know through you know by talking with them because there have been there have been a number of times where you know we've we've talked to people and you've I've just gotten this bad bad vibe about it uh, so it's like nah, no thanks well yeah. or or also it's it's really and I know different people are are more comfortable communicating in different ways, but we really take the approach of, okay, if you can't hold a conversation from us messaging back and forth, there's probably not going to be much of a conversation in person. And that's not guaranteed. We've actually met, there have been a couple of people that we've then met at parties um, later, and we found out that we were actually got along in person. Um, but you know, for the most part, that that kind of strategy has worked pretty well for us. Mm-hmm. And and yeah. and you know, you hear people. We've we've had we've had a few really awkward experiences, but we haven't had a lot of the nightmare scenarios that you hear from a lot of people. And I think it's because we've. We've developed effective methods of kind of sorting people in the stages before you actually meet in person. Yeah, yeah so no, for sure. Mm-hmm. sure. So somebody who texts us and say, "Hey, want to meet up tonight?" Mm, no. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's that's valid. Uh, How open, I guess, with people in your lives are you about your non-monogamous journey? I would say me. 
I would say we're in the middle of being. Yeah, medium. So, so one thing that's happened over over time is most of the friends we do things with are are also in those groups. So remember, we we said earlier that we started this when we were we really felt kind of confined at home because of parenthood, right? And so we kind of developed whole friend groups over time. Mm-hmm. And so really, most of our our friends are doing different versions of the same kind of thing. Um, as far as family members, um, our family members don't live nearby, and her parents are deceased. And so we've mostly just not told them this stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. My, my family wouldn't be surprised. They'd be like, oh, yeah, that figures. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and like you said, your friend over the years, your friend group has just naturally shifted mm-hmm. to being more of these type of people. Yeah. Yeah. Because we we set out to also make friends, not just, you know, play, you know, play buddies or whatever. Right. Right. Yeah. No, for sure. Yeah. But yeah so my, my, my parents would be very shocked and probably <laughs> wouldn't approve. Um, my brother who also lives in different, in a different state, I'm pretty sure he'd be like, eh, whatever. Yeah. Uh, the, who cares? You be you. But, right. uh, but yeah, so we we haven't really told our relatives, but again, our friends around here are mostly in in that kind of group, anyways. And we've, you know, we've told some other other friends, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we've told some other friends. In fact, um, I just kind of had one of those experiences this week. Is that um, an, an old friend of mine who I met ten years ago um, here in town, and she's later moved she's she moved and she lives in a different part of the state now um, but we were we were both participating in the same facebook group and and i replied to a post and the post was about non-monogamy and i replied to that post and then my friend messaged me with uh, with a message that kind of made it sound like she knew what i was talking about Right. And and so I had kind of guessed this. Uh, but so my next message was, hey, oh, by the way, we by the way, we uh, we have a non-monogamous relationship. And she says, yeah, well, so do I. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah. Everybody wins. So, so people kind of we we kind of learn. We kind of learn about people that way a little bit. But right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 One one of the one of the questions we kind of like to wrap up with sometimes because it's it's fun and and lighthearted and you said you didn't you haven't had any of the horror stories but you said there's been some awkward moments and maybe sharing like one of those awkward moments or maybe a blooper that you've had along the way uh, <laughs> that, that, that might might be entertaining as a way to sort of kind of wrap it up. Hmm. There's been a there's been so many. Um. Perfect. You're allowed to share more than one. It's it's not a, a strict limit. Um. Well, I don't. What, okay. What so are you I thinking think, of? So the one one that comes to mind for me, and this was like the the first year we were meeting people, so we'd only had a few experiences. We 
And I, I started I started talking to a, a couple over profiles, and you know because I'm mostly I, I'm mostly doing the chatting at that point, and I'm mostly looking for women. She's mostly looking for guys. Uh, it really helps if it's if it's the lady on the other end, right? Okay, so I got I got chatting with with the wife of this couple. They were and we seemed to be having fun chatting. They were one of these couples where whom they had one pro, one picture in their profile and it was kind of dark and they were really far away in the picture. So we we chatted and chatted and then eventually we met. They actually came and stayed over. They came and rented a room in, in our town and we rented. We went to dinner with them and when we got to dinner. The wife of this couple looked absolutely nothing like the picture, and the picture was was difficult to see in the first place. It was like fifteen or twenty years old, <laughs> right? So we we had so we had dinner with them, and she would not shut up. She would not let her husband talk. Basically, she just talked this sort of monologue the entire time, and. <laughs> And because we'd kind of set it up to do this, we were going to follow them back to their room. And that required a short drive in between the restaurant and the room. And because we were pretty new, we probably should have said, oh, no, thanks. It was cool having dinner with you. But, mm-hmm. but we were, I remember very clearly, we were driving over to their room. And, and I looked at you and I said, are you sure we want to go in a hotel room with these people? <laughs> and we did anyways, which was a mistake. <laughs> and so we, we then went into the hotel room and we sat around there talking awkwardly for like two or three hours after that, before eventually we excused ourselves. Um, but the last thing I remember it is as we were walking out the door, um, the husband says to the wife, you did it again. And you always just won't shut up. And you drove them off. <laughs> well, then, then there was a time where we had the opportunity to have, have a couple of stay the night here. And Mark was cooking dinner and uh, was making, you know, was making a pizza and got, dis- got distracted and, the the and the house uh, and the pizza that caught on fire so the house was all smoky uh. <laughs> I caught the stove on fire by burning the pizza in it and i had to quick grab the grab the flaming pizza and like throw it outside the front door into the snow to <laughs> <laughs> and um we've kept in touch with the wife of that couple at least and um, she gives me crap about mm-hmm. that to the, to this day. That was, like, that was like six years ago at this point, but yeah, I get crap about that still to this day. Yeah, and then so a couple of years a couple of years later, we were at a party with them, and she was she was in a big hurry to uh, she was in a big hurry to play and ran down the stairs and ended up breaking her leg uh, because she. Jeez! Whoa! Yeah, wow. she she tripped down the stairs, landed. She was leading me downstairs. She tripped down the stairs and and landed 
very awkwardly at the bottom of the stairs and broke her leg. And then the whole party was on hold, uh, on hold, like while the ambulance or while, no, there were two guys who were, who were paramedics or nurses in the party mm-hmm. and they were, you know, they were doing the nurse paramedic thing and taking care of her. Uh, as you can imagine, the party kind of stopped for a while while this was going. And everybody yeah. was going, well, wait a minute. Do we, do we call the ambulance? Um, what do we do? Do we need to put our clothes back on? Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the moral of these stories, number one, you should have done a U-turn right. on your way to the hotel. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Number two, you always have to have a designated pizza watchman. <laughs> or set a timer. A set of timer, yes. And number three, be careful on the steps. <laughs> that's our that's the main takeaways from today's episode. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. No, I'd say that was it. Well before we wrap up, I guess, do do either of you have anything else that you wanted to get out there to the listeners? Um, I, I'd say that I've had a pretty good time so far. So, you know, in, in the, in these adventures. So I'd encourage people to get out and keep it, you know, keep playing. Yeah. Yeah. And I've, uh, I, I guess what, if you asked me what my, what my big pieces of advice were, we kind of talked about this earlier. My sort of number one piece of advice is, don't be in too much of a hurry to meet somebody just because they say they're interested. Mm-hmm. But the flip side of that is don't get too down if you have trouble meeting people right away because there is an aspect of it that it's a crapshoot. Mm-hmm. That um, people, you know, 80% of the messages you're going to, you send out might not be responded to. And you don't know this, but it's not just you. That happens to most people. Yeah. And yeah. so you shouldn't you shouldn't get down on yourself because that happens. Um, and I guess the I guess the only other the other kind of big piece of advice I would have is if you're starting out, don't have too narrow an idea of who you'd like to meet. So if you if you say well. I want to meet somebody that looks exactly like us and is exactly our age and is really like us. There aren't that many people who are exactly like you out there (laughs) Um, or exactly like your spouse. And, and it can be fun to meet different kinds of people. Mm -hmm. And if you give people that don't look like your ideal person, at least a little bit of a chance, uh, then you meet some cool people and you learn that you like different things. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I love that. That's mm-hmm. a really great, a really great piece of wisdom to kind of leave on. I, lo- I, I like that. Yeah. yeah. For sure. And trust your, trust your gut too. Cause if your gut's telling you something, then nine times out of 10, that's, that's true. Yeah. Right. yeah. <laughs> also if, good. Somebody, if your gut is telling you that something's a bad idea, it's probably a bad idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's when you do the U-turn. Yes. Yeah. Get out of there. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you both so much for sharing with us, sharing your story and being vulnerable and reaching out. We really appreciate it. Oh, well, thank you for having us. Yeah. It was our pleasure. And have a great rest of your night. Yeah. Stay warm. Thanks. You too. And we're back. Oh, I thought you were going to say it with me, but you're over here yawning instead. (laughs) I was yawning quietly. (laughs) 
Thank you so much to Mark and Leah for coming on the show. We really appreciate you being vulnerable and sharing with us as always. So thank you again. Um, We wanted to quickly talk about our Patreon group. And first off, if you haven't been part of our Patreon before, we have the first level is that you can be part of our Q&As. We have to do monthly Q&As that really turn into discussions. We do two of them and they're actually happening tonight. That's January 20th. If you happen to miss tonight, don't worry. There'll be one in February. You can still join. And then... Uh, and you can listen to the recordings from all of the previous ones. Yes, that's very true. Good point. Thank you. You also, at another level, at the next level, you can join our MeWe group, which is a big group chat. Uh, it's a super supportive, amazing community, if we do say so ourselves. Yeah, humble. <laughs> but really, it's made up of all of you amazing people, and we couldn't thank you more for that. So um, that's super exciting. We also have men's and women's groups available as well. Yeah, and I just, to, to reiterate what Emma said about it being amazing, this this community has really grown over the last year, especially through COVID, and uh, people really just looking to find support out there of people who are like them or maybe who are wanting to learn more about what this community is like. And so, yeah, it's just, it's been a great sort of bright spot in our year that was tough. Um, and it's and it's definitely a highlight of our day to be part of the group chats and part of the Q&As and all of that. So just a thank you to everybody who's a part of it. And if you're interested in finding a community inside of the non-monogamous world, uh, we'd love to have you check it out and see if it's for you. Yes. Next week, we have an interview with Courtney, and he's actually been on our show before, Focus Fridays. Yes, ma'am. And we'll put links to that episode in the show notes as well. But next week, he comes back and tells a little bit about his journey through non-monogamy. He is also the founder of a nonprofit called Something Positive for Positive People, uh, which is a podcast and way more than a podcast. um, It's amazing. Especially now. So definitely check that out. Again, links are in the show notes. Um, Yes, a a fantastic resource for anybody who's sort of facing the stigma or uh, facing the diagnosis of um, an STI. So definitely, definitely, definitely check that out and throw some support his way if you can. Uh, It would mean a lot to us and we know it would mean a lot to him. Mm -hmm. And I think that's it. Yeah, as far as I know, that's all we've got. (laughs) That's all that's on your notepad. So I think we did it. I think we're good. Okay, bye everyone. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening.